good day? 2012? The Olympic year? Is anyone going to the Olympics? No. No. Who applied for tickets? A few people. Yeah, I applied for some. Did you just go for the Olympics or did you go for Paralympics as well? Paralympics as well. You've got to go for anything. We'll go anyway. Yeah, excellent. Um, yes, I applied to get any. Um, so, there we go. We'll watch it on the telly a little bit. Um, I've got a feeling the whole of 2012 up to, when's it finished, kind of end of August, something like that. Up until then, all we are going to hear about is the Olympics. We're going to hear about them everywhere because somehow we've made it this cultural Olympiad, so it's kind of art and sports and telly and everything. Um, great. I'm looking forward to it. don't know about you. I, I applied. I'm not that fussed about the Olympics, but I wanted to go because it's one of those things to go, oh, yeah, no, I went to the Olympics. Yeah, when? I went. Oh, it'd be nice. Just to say I've been there. But there we go. I'm not going. Um, I'm not bitter. Um, <laughs> there we go. Um, so some people have made New Year's resolutions, some people haven't. I don't know um, what 2012 um, means to you, because you maybe are thinking... Um, about what lies ahead for the year. I don't know the things that perhaps um, that you have kind of on your mind, things that you know that are definitely going to happen, things that you maybe uh, are worried might happen or hoping might happen. Um, perhaps um, you've got hopes to start something new. Perhaps you've got um, plans to stop uh, doing something um, and now's a good time we will kind of this time of year we all kind of go, oh, it's a new year, I should really do those things that I was going to do last year that I didn't, and the year before and the year before that. Um, and perhaps today I will start and try again. Um, I don't know um, if when you look kind of at the future and you think about the next year, um, you might just be thinking, oh, I've got to go back to work. Oh, I've got a bank holiday weekend, but then it's work on when are people going back Tuesday, Wednesday, that sort of thing? Um, young people are going to school, <sighs> back to school. Teachers are going, oh. <laughs> you, might, you might be looking at, maybe you're getting a new house. Maybe it's a, a, a year when you're going to move. Um, maybe um, you're starting a new job or you're looking for a new job. Maybe though, it's, it's not so exciting and you're thinking, I wonder if I'll have a job. Or it would be nice to have a job. Maybe you're looking at um, moving on. Maybe, I don't know, how, looking around. I don't know if people are doing things where they're studying and something's coming into an end and they're moving to a new school or moving on to, to college and things like that. Maybe there's things that you wish that you could avoid. Like going back to school. Um, <laughs> But maybe, um, maybe there's things like illness or um, maybe you know that you've got some tests or something coming up um, and you'd rather not have them, um, but you know that you've kind of got to go through with it. Maybe um, you've got the, the post-Christmas credit card bill um, that you don't want to look at um, or um, the overdraft. When you look at the future, maybe you think, yes! Every year, loads of exciting things happening, can't wait, it's going to be brilliant, the Olympics. Um, <laughs> maybe you're looking at the year and you're going, doesn't look so good, another, another year. Maybe it's kind of 
you think it's going to be quite lonely. Maybe um, there's a, a feeling of hopelessness, perhaps. As a church, you've got a new minister starting. I know when I came, um, whenever it was um, last year, <laughs> oh, I had to get it in there, didn't I? <laughs> had to make the last year. Um, it was about June sort of time, it was around there. Um, and you were in the process, you'd kind of gone through a bit of a journey and were getting the, uh, is it weekly or monthly? Monthly. <laughs> yeah, the profiles and reading them and going, oh, maybe, oh, no. <laughs> No, 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 maybe, and then you've now got um, a new minister, it's like in February, did I hear? Fantastic. So presumably you're quite excited about that, but there might be some apprehension. You might be thinking, oh, that means change, we've kind of got into our routines now, we've had, you've had a couple of years without a minister, so kind of routines have happened, oh, they're going to bring change. Maybe that's exciting, maybe that's nerve-wracking. So there might be things that you're looking forward to or maybe there's things you worry about both at home, at work um, and at church. Um, My vision for the coming year um, has all sorts of uncertainties about it. Um, I am in that process where I've been exploring um, Baptist ministry. I think I mentioned that last time I was here. Um, And I have got to go have a thing called the Ministry Recognition Committee. Um, And I get to go there in February. Um, and basically at that point, that's kind of like the interview, I think, from what I've heard. Um, and so uh, Amy and I will both go and we'll get questioned after the presentation, that sort of thing. Um, and the outcome of that will determine whether we can then move forward uh, and look at starting to train and all those sorts of things or whether there's some, maybe some things that I need to do that would be helpful um, before starting. Um, or whatever it might be, but that's kind of a fairly big uncertainty about, okay, this could be what I end up doing for the rest of my life, um, or it might not be. Um, But, you know, it just has a minor impact on things like the church that we're at, and whether we need to move house, because we've got to go elsewhere to train, and how does that work out in terms of finances and things? And then in March... We've got our first child is due because we don't like to do things by heart, um, and and so there's a number of uncertainties there. First of all, what do we call it? Um, is it a boy or a girl? We don't know. We've got a lot to find out. Um, there's the kind of will it be healthy? We hope so, but you know, there's worries there, I guess. Um, and then there's how much sleep are we going to get? <laughs> all people tell us. All that we heard, parents are just. Nobody, nobody, any, if you speak to a parent when you find out that you're pregnant, every other parent goes, oh. <laughs> You'd, nobody, you, you get congratulations and things, and then it's, uh, <laughs> make the most of this time. And Amy um, is going, make the most of this time. I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted being pregnant. Um, so, anyway, we're looking forward at the moment um, to the arrival of our first child, but there are, there's uncertainties there, um, and uh, that kind of then adds on to the uncertainties of are we going into, will it be this year that we go and train in Baptist ministry, will it happen, all that sort of stuff. What then happens about other things that there's not going to affect with at all? Um, if we move, that means Amy's got to find a different job, and, um, unless we move not too far away, and all sorts of things like that. So my vision for this year is filled, there's lots of things, there's things 
I know that are going to happen, like I'm going to go back to work, um, and uh, we're going to have a baby, and I'm going to go to the Ministry Recognition Committee, but there's things that I don't know. There's things that I wish I knew the answer to and the outcomes of. In the passage um, that we looked at, um, Paul sets out what his vision is. And Paul says that his vision, he says, For when, for I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And if, with everything else that is going on in your life and my life this year, we can make that our aim, to resolve nothing but Christ and him crucified, then actually all those other things just pale into insignificance. When you look at the coming year, where does Jesus fit in? Is he like with the jar and trying to get all the other stuff in? Does Jesus go in first or does all the other stuff go in first? I know um, that it's very easy for me to look at all that comes ahead in this year and although I'm exploring Baptist ministry that doesn't mean um, as a kind of ministerial type person that I'm perfect it doesn't mean that I don't do things wrong it doesn't mean by any stretch of the imagination that I'm perfect and my wife will tell you that I'm most definitely not Um, there were times when she thinks I am that's why she said yes when I proposed and when we stood at the altar and all that sort of stuff um, and it was all lovely other times, it's not quite so hunky-dory. And I know that if I look at March and think, crumbs, we're having a baby. Oh my goodness. What are we going to do? We've got sort of out of spare room, that's going to become a nursery kind of thing, but we won't have space for everything else, so it's still going to have like a desk here, and, and, and so there's practical things around the house. There's the everyone who wants to come and visit, Everybody wants to come and visit. The week after our child is born. No, they've they've been good so far. But we do know that we're going to have a lot of visitors. And it's kind of like, how's that going to be? Am I going to cope with, like, new baby plus in-laws staying or my family staying? Oh, goodness, what's that going to be like? But then, kind of longer term, actually, how's it going to work out? If we do go and start training at college and things, oh, crumbs, there's finances, there's money, there's... now, and this is where there's a somewhat, I like to say traditional part of me, where the man's role um, is to be the breadwinner. And that's something, I, I, our culture's changing, but that's still something that I was kind of brought up believing that the man is the breadwinner, and that's still kind of ingrained within me. And so, actually, if I'm going to college and I don't get to be the breadwinner for a period of time, how does that make me feel? And how are we going to do things for our child and I've got to not just look after me now but I've and it can become a bit overwhelming um, if I think about all of those sorts of things but if I stop and I look at my Bible or I spend some time in prayer and I put Jesus in the middle of it all what happens is my vision begins to change and rather than being a whole bunch of things that could be scary that get me a bit panicked when I go, yeah, but we've got a mortgage to pay and we've got all this. And, uh, I go, you know what? God's promised that he will 
provide. And if I'm following in the right way that God is directing me, then God will provide, so I don't need to worry. And you might think, ah oh, yeah, but it's different for you because you're going to do ministry stuff. You're, that means you're probably a better Christian. I'm not a better Christian. It just means that that's what God is leading me towards at the moment. And maybe you look at Paul and you think, well, Paul, Paul had it all right, didn't he? Because he was around in kind of... He, he was around in Jesus' time. He didn't really get on with Jesus whilst Jesus walked the earth. Um, but afterwards... So he'd have experienced some stuff. He'd have met the first disciples. So it would have been different for him. But Paul faced prison. He was shipwrecked. That's never happened to me. Um, and I imagine... That's one of those things that kind of is a bit of a downer. It's worse than when the PowerPoint doesn't work, I would have thought. <laughs> he was publicly humiliated. I can't even imagine. You know, I get humiliated when I do something silly and kind of walk away and Amy will go, yeah, yeah no, I, no, I said something silly on the stage today. That's just how it went. Paul was dragged out in front of loads of people in a town centre and he was mocked. But he said that he resolved to know nothing except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Now, later on in this passage, what Paul says is he talks about the fact that having a vision that's of Christ goes against the worldly uh, vision and the world will not understand it. Um, And when I look at this next year, and really it's not kind of the next six months, the latter part of the year, I can't even kind of, can't comprehend September, October, November, but kind of the first bit I kind of think about. And I look at it, and it's when I look at all the material things, like the mortgage, like the how will I provide for Amy, how will I provide for our baby. I don't want to get a loan to go and train in ministry or to get into debt to do that. But how's that all going to kind of work itself out? And in kind of human terms, actually, one of the more sensible things that we could do from a human perspective is leave it for a couple of years. I can do the job that I do now, assuming that I keep that job and don't lose my contracts. I work partly for the local authority and anything's possible. But get paid quite nicely. Um, we could... Uh, our children could get to kind of one, two years old. That's a more sensible age for trying to go off and do something. Um, Amy would be able to go back after her maternity leave and wouldn't have to pay back maternity pay because if she doesn't pay back for a certain amount of time, you don't get the same amount of money. So from a kind of human perspective, financially, if we left it for a couple of years, it would be much more sensible. And then I look at it through God's eyes. And I start to get excited about stuff. And I go, yeah, but what about these possibilities? And I kind of dream dreams and I get excited about church stuff. Um, I even get excited um, about deacons meetings. Um, (laughs) People on the diaconate who have done it in the past go, really? That kind of stuff? And the debating and kind of thinking about the vision for the church and even some of the like little, tiny little bits that are frustrating and annoying at times. Actually, they're the things that matter. Because the reason that they're frustrating that people get het up is that they matter to people and they have an impact on people. I 
for some reason, they're the sorts of things that I end up spending my time thinking about. And I've got ideas for things that you could do in services and things to reach out to people and all this sort of stuff. And it gets me excited. And I go, yes, and I can be part of this and I want to do stuff. God's going to work it all out. <laughs> and then I look at the bills and I look at the mortgage and I go, oh my goodness. And I hear from different people because I chat to people. I don't know, it's not just like I do this on my own. And the people that are kind of, I guess, my Christian friends go, yeah, go for it, it'll be fine, God's going to work it out. And then I speak to other people that go, yeah, you should probably like, work out how to like, sort out all the bills and stuff first, get the finances in place and do all that sort of thing. And sometimes what we need to do is we need to look back. And as well as looking forward and looking at what the future holds, we need to look backwards. And we need to go, okay, so what has God done in the past? Now, Paul um, got to look back and Paul had quite an amazing conversion from uh, not being a Christian to being a Christian because... Um, he was met on the road to Damascus um, and um, it was quite a powerful experience. That's not how, that's not my experience. I didn't have a big, powerful experience. I was quite a quiet one. I just kind of learned some stuff and gradually I've been going to church and started to believe. But what Paul and I have in common is we've both got this. Obviously Paul wrote part of it at the end. But he had the Old Testament and he had God's promises, promises that he gave to people like Noah and Abraham and to Moses. He also had the stories about the things that God had done in the Old Testament, like getting uh, the Israelites out of um, Egypt and saving them and the promised land and um, all that sort of thing. And then what Paul had was he had some traditions and some rituals that they that Jewish, the Jewish community still celebrate um, things like Passover feast the Passover is still celebrated it was a celebration of remembrance of the day that God uh, freed uh, well, putting the blood on the, uh, the door frames um, in Egypt and all the um, Jewish families, all the Israelites, painted their doorsteps with the blood of, uh, the, framed the door with blood um, of um, a lamb, I think it was. It was a lamb, wasn't it? Going through my biblical animals. Um, and then the angel of death passed over those um, houses, and they were free, and they were able to leave Egypt. And so that's still celebrated. They, the Jewish community still look back and remember that. We do the same sort of thing. We've got Christmas. We've just celebrated it. And we all got presents. Possibly we all got presents. I say that because I do, they found out from somebody yesterday that's family. They decided not to do presents this year. It was a non-present year. And they wanted to focus on different things, which is fantastic. But there's lots of kind of material stuff. There's a Christmas tree at the back. Still, the lights are shining. And we're in the middle of the 12 days of Christmas. Um, I don't know what you get on today. Is it, are we on day six or seven? Six, seven, seven, something, whatever it is. I don't know what the song is. Um, we've got Christmas to help us to remember what Jesus has done.
for us. We have Easter to remember what Jesus has done for us. We share in communion to remember what Jesus has done for us. And we have those things, kind of some of them are kind of annual things, some of them are maybe sharing communion um, monthly or weekly, whatever it might be, um, in uh, this church. But we have little rituals and traditions. And I don't know um, if you have them um, at home as well, whether you um, have got those kind of uh, habits that you um, share it as a family to remember what Christ has done for you. Um, and maybe it's that you say grace at dinner time. Maybe uh, in the morning or in the evening you pray together or um, look at uh, the Word of God together. Something that Amy and I have talked about as we're kind of looking um, at the fact that we're going to have a child and the things that we want our child or children possibly um, to end up knowing about and experiencing is actually we want them not just to kind of be told, yes, no, you should pray and you should read your Bible, but actually we want to do it with them so that they learn and we'll learn from them. And it's a shared experience. The other thing um, that Paul and I and us all have in common is we got to read the Bible. Well, Paul got the Old Testament. It's written down. People have shared their stories about what God has done. And I think that it's really important that we share our stories about what God's done and what's happened in the past. Now I'm really fortunate, I've had some really fantastic um, times where I know that God has provided for me. Um, And um, I was uh, a missionary for a short time um, and um, went to various places. But one of the places that I ended up going to um, on missions um, was America, um, which surprised everybody there, surprised me too. But there we go, I always thought I was going to end up in Africa and I ended up in America. Um, And I went... Um, with, uh, with that, I, I had £50 that I took with me and one of the stipulations of my visa was that I wasn't allowed to earn money because I was only allowed to do voluntary things and I came back from America 11 months after I'd gone out I went on various occasions um, and back and forth, back and forth but on this particular occasion I went out with £50 which got changed to dollars, makes more sense then um, and came back and I had £50 in my wallet and I had had meals every day. I had a bed to sleep in. Now I can look at that and I can get quite excited. And I think, yeah, God provided then. I'm not really sure how. I don't know how I ended up going to all the places that I got to go to and do all the things I got to do. But it worked out. And I can look at that and I can say, actually, that goes against all of the logic that we might have in human terms. But trusting God will work out because he's promised that he will provide. And Paul knew this. Paul knows this. And by looking back and remembering and sharing our experiences of what Christ has done for us in those times when we maybe get a bit bogged down because we're looking at the bills, we're looking at the potential redundancy, we're looking at oh my goodness, how much are children going to cost? We're looking at maybe some celebration like a wedding and you think, how are we going to afford that? Maybe, maybe you'll end up doing things a little bit differently if you focus on God. Maybe he will provide financially, 
fantastic. Maybe it will be that you start to look at things a little bit differently and you start to live your life a little bit differently. At the end of the passage that we read out, in verse 16 it says, For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. That's a huge claim. That's massive. We have the mind of Christ. If you are a Christian, if you walk in a way that you want to serve God first and foremost, then you have the mind of Christ. What a privilege. What an honour. I don't know how this year is going to pan out for you. I want to take control um, of certain aspects of it. But I know that I need to offer it up to God. All of it. And it's easy when it's just me. But now I know that there's other people that I need to consider as well. I need to resolve to know nothing but Christ and Him crucified. I need to look back and to remember what Christ has done for me personally. I need to look as a church, I need to look back and remember actually, how are you going to remember the fact that you've been through this period for two years and I know that people are saying, yeah, God's answering our prayers. How are you going to remember that? Will it just be, yeah, we just remember it. Will there be a celebration at some point? Or will there be um, something that you do as a, yeah, it's really great, what's the name of your new minister? Aubrey. Aubrey, you know, a kind of annual, yeah, it's great to have, we've had him for a a year, we've had him for two years, we've had him for ten years, twenty years, I don't know how long he's going to be here. Um, But actually, will there be something that's celebrated? Because that's an answer to prayer. (coughs) Although you celebrate Christmas, and Amy and I celebrate Christmas, you know, as a church we do things. We come to church on Christmas Day. And that's kind of our cockpit sometimes. And then we go home and there's the turkey and there's the presents and there's the queen um, and the playing of the new game that you've got and all the exciting stuff of Christmas and the Christmas film and all that sort of stuff. And although the day is supposed to be about Jesus, the Jesus bit becomes the kind of 45 minutes in church. Actually, yeah, there's some traditions and things that maybe could be implemented this year to help you and to help you as a family to resolve to know nothing but Christ and Him crucified. Amy and I have talked about the fact that we want to pray together more and read our Bible together more. I think the key to it is not going, right, so let's set aside a good hour in the morning because that's not going to work. And I once heard a challenge, and I think it's a fantastic challenge. And if you think, actually, what I need to do this year to be more like Paul and to have the mind of Christ, the challenge is this. Spend five minutes more than you currently do in prayer and in reading your Bible. Because if you don't do it at all, you're doing five minutes. That's great. If you do an hour already... Hour and five is not really that much of a challenge for you, probably. But five minutes. Five minutes is <coughs> more than you currently do. And see what difference that makes in your life. <coughs>